Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. And we'll read through verse 38. Acts 2, beginning with verse 36. If you have it, say amen. If you think you can quote it, say amen. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter here was preaching the oneness of God in verse 36. He was saying that man that you hung on a cross the day you yelled crucified, that was not just the man, but that was the mighty God in Christ. That was God whom you crucified. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. That's what happens when you hear truth and receive truth. Something moves inside of you and a response is initiated, amen? And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That is always the appropriate response to the preached word of God. Hallelujah. That was a little weak, but we'll work on it. Amen. Amen. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Everybody say repent. And be baptized, every one of you. Everybody say everyone. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall, everybody say shall. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you have already received the gift of the Holy Ghost or you want the Holy Ghost, would you just lift your hands right now and lift your voice and let your faith out into this atmosphere and just begin to give God glory, begin to give God praise. Come on, why don't you just announce a declaration today? Why don't you just give God a shout and just say, God, I'm expecting a miracle today. God, I'm expecting a refreshing today. Lord, I came anticipating a miracle in my situation today. I came expecting an encounter with the miraculous, with the supernatural before I leave this place today. Come on, would you clap your hands all over the building? Amen, amen, amen. If you're going to help the preacher preach, you may be seated. Hallelujah so far. Oh, everybody has been seated. I got one guy standing, but oh, there he goes. He found the seat. Amen. Amen. All right, so you have all entered into a verbal contract today that you are going to help the preacher preach. Mm. Amen. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. And we're going to begin reading with verse 6, and we're going to walk through these next few scriptures here together beginning with verse 6 in Ezekiel, and I'm going to preach to you with the help of the Lord today. Healing waters. Healing waters. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it. You nailed it. Healing waters. Are you ready? And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? When God asks you a question, that's a real good time to start paying attention. 
because God is pointing something out that is significant that you need right then. Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. And I just want to stop right here because I'm telling you today, Brother Donald, you are in the Holy Ghost. You talked about the Lord coming to where the woman of the well was. But the woman of the well, after encountering Christ, did not leave that place the same way that she arrived. Hallelujah. And the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel here. And he said, I want you to return with me to the brink of the river. And I want to start off by telling you today that some of you came in here with a perspective, with a vantage point that God wants to change. And right at the beginning of this service, he is inviting you. He is saying, would you come with me over here? Because I want to change your vantage point of what you've been going through. I want to change your perspective about what you've been facing. He said, I want you to change your location so you can change your vision because I'm going to show you something that you could not see where you were but if you'll come with me to the brink of the river I will show you what you need to see hallelujah praise God praise God praise God verse 7 now when I had returned when I had returned at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. I skipped one word there. Now when I had returned, behold. Behold. It's a key word in this verse. Because when he changed his location, the Bible makes it a point to note what he saw at the brink of the river. Psalms chapter one tells us that trees are planted along the the brink of the river, the base of the river, the bank. That's the word I was looking for, the bank. The bank of the river. And in this place, the root system of the tree is able to find that water. So it doesn't matter if it's dry, if it's hot, if it's windy, if there's a storm, so long as the root system is able to tap into the river, that tree can survive. I returned to the brink of the river and behold, this is what I saw. I saw trees along the bank of the river. Let me tell you something. When you go through a storm, when you go through a challenge, when you go through something in life that tries to mess with you and knock you down and suck the life out of you, do you know what the enemy does? He puts a mirage in the middle of the desert and he tries to convince you that your location is your problem and that if you'll come to this oasis in the desert, if you'll follow this illusion of happiness and joy, that here 
you will find replete. And here you will find reprieve. And here you can find a place where you can be restored. But when you get there, what you discover is it's a dry and barren place. And everything the adversary promised to you did not come through. And that's when the Lord sends the man of God into your life. And he says, come on and let's return to the bank of the river. And behold, I saw trees on the bank of the river and their leaf withereth not and they dieth not. And there they stand no matter what the storm brings because their root system is in the water. When storms come into your life, the first thing the enemy does is try to get you to relocate. Tries to convince you that your location is your problem. You didn't face this stuff when you were in the world. The devil's such a liar. He works so hard to block out our memory, to cause us to not remember the the isolation, the pain, the guilt, the shame. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now, and I'm here to tell somebody today that the Lord is calling you to return to the bank of the river. You've had your eye on a mirage in the desert pastor doesn't know it your family doesn't know it but in your mind you've been thinking about maybe I ought to go over here and maybe I ought to traverse over there I'm here to tell you today that the devil is a liar and all you will find there is a dry and thirsty land all you will find there is isolation and pain there will be no comfort there will be no reprieve there will be no strength you need to plant your yourself uh, by the rip. Uh, verse 8 then said he unto me these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea which being brought forth into the sea the waters shall be healed everybody say healed healed Something very important about this progression in verse 8. First of all, it starts in the east country. It flows east to where it all started. In the east is where the gospel was first preached. And then it flows to the desert where it's barren. Friend, this river was never meant to be contained inside of a church building. It may start here, but it needs to flow into somebody's desert today. And the Bible says that it flowed from the east into the desert, and then it flowed into the Dead Sea where nothing is alive. But when that healing water touched the Dead Sea water, the Bible says that the waters were healed. Verse 9, and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, say that's me. Everything that moveth, say that's me or it should be me. Whithersoever the rivers shall come shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither 
for they shall be healed and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Mm. The Lord has sent me here today to prophesy a release of healing water into every area of your life. It's going to flow into your thought life. It's going to flow into your emotions. It's going to flow into your family. It's going to flow into your marriage. It's going to flow into your children. It's going to flow into your home. It's going to flow into your community. It's going to flow into your county. It's going to flow into your workplace. It's going to flow into your friendships it's going to flow into your relationships from this place shall issue out a river of healing water and everything that the river touches shall be healed it's going to heal your mind it's going to heal the torment that you've been going through it's going to heal the heaviness that you've been struggling with there is healing in the water Bible says, verse 9, that every place the river was given access. Everywhere it was given access. What's that mean? That means you are the dam operator. You can rise and lower the gate anytime you want. But if you will raise the gate and let that water flow, everything the water touches will be healed. Everything that was given access received healing and it received multiplication and it received life. It means it healed what was there. It multiplied what was there and it grew what was there. Hallelujah. Is this all right? Our bodies, on average, are 60% water. We need water to live. It's a basic necessity of life. After 24 hours of not drinking water, a person will begin to experience extreme thirst, dizziness, and fatigue. After 48 hours, you will experience exhaustion. The lack of blood flow in your skin will cause you to start turning a grayish blue color. And after just three days of not drinking water, your organs begin to fail. Most physicians agree that the average person in good health cannot survive for more than two to five days without water. Genesis 2, verses 6 and 7 read this way. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered, everybody say water, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. How many of you have ever said or heard it said, that God made man from the dust of the ground. It's only half true. God made man from dust and water. I'll read it again. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That dust was wet, 
before he formed you. Water was an ingredient at creation when God made man. My body and my soul were created with water as an ingredient. I am earth, dust, and I am spirit, water. If my human body has to be replenished every day with water, what makes me think that I can go one day without replenishing my soul? What makes me think that I can coast through Monday and walk through Tuesday and live through Wednesday and crawl through Thursday and be dying by Friday and struggling on Saturday only to get a drink on Sunday. God created you. He designed you to be refilled and replenished with the Holy Ghost every single day. You need that fresh living water every day. Any of you ever driven by a nursery before? They got those trees for sale. They got those big root balls with the burlap around them, right? Uh, People come over. What do they do? They get the hose out and they have to water those burlap root balls so that the tree stays alive. Some of us live our life just like that tree. We come and bring it to church on Sunday and we dip that root system in the water and then we go home and it stays dry all week long and we wonder when a storm blows in how come I can barely make it. We wonder why in the face of every challenge we're getting knocked down so easily. We can't understand why is it that I feel like I don't have any strength. I'll tell you why. Because God did not design you to speak in tongues one time but he designed you to return to the river every morning every afternoon and every evening he wants your root system in the spirit every single day because he knew life would throw challenges and curveballs and things that we do not understand but so long as your roots are in the river your leaf will not wither 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 and you will bring forth fruit in due season Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 7 and verse 37 if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. Uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. Uh, You ever talk to people? Well, I believe in God. I I don't need to go to church. Uh, Well, I'm happy for you got the Holy Ghost, but that's just not for me. Uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow 
rivers of living water. Let me tell you something. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the greatest thing that has ever been given to mankind because in that river of life inside of you is every sustaining ingredient that you need to live in victory, to make it to heaven, to live a life of peace and joy and multiplication and life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the Holy Ghost. Look at your other neighbor and say, your family needs the Holy Ghost. Come on, say it into the atmosphere. Say, my city needs the Holy Ghost. The psalmist said it like this in the book of Psalms. He said, as the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I don't know about you, but I came thirsty for the Holy Ghost today. for real water too. I'm a response preacher. I believe every service should have a demonstrative response. Everything that liveth and moveth You can have water that doesn't move. And you know what'll happen? It'll just breed disease and stagnation and mosquitoes and scum and algae and bacteria and it'll fester but the moment that water begins to flow everything that's alive starts moving in to what is moving it flows that's why you respond you don't respond to please me you respond to put life in the river your response oxygenates the river of life and it makes an environment where multiplication can happen fish die in a river that won't move Uh, you got a pond that is only filled by water and there's not a natural spring those fish will die because there's no oxygen. Uh, ooh, unless you put an aerator in there. This is very important. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. How long, how long Pastor Blankenship, how long have you and your family been here? Seven years in October. Y'all have come a long way in seven years. Oh, come on, you ought to give glory to God. Mm. Have you already? So in October, it'll be seven years. Oh, you're entering into a very important season. Mm. 
Momentum has carried you to where you are right now. But you're going to have to decide if you're going to be facilitators of this river from here on out. Hmm. Ah, go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. And the man of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city. You could substitute the word place there. He said, Behold, I pray thee. Look, look at it. Analyze it. Study it. Take, a, take note of it. Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this place is pleasant. What's that mean? It means it's good. It's excellent. It's agreeable. It's valuable. It's prosperous. It's right. He said, behold, it's pleasant as my Lord seeth. But the water is not. And the ground is barren. Sanctuary looks beautiful, Pastor. These chairs are nice. They're comfortable. Everything in here looks good. It's pleasant. It's pleasant. But I'm preaching to a church that isn't quite as responsive as it was last Pentecost Sunday. You better watch out because pleasantness can tend to barrenness if you are not intentional about the current of the river in a church. Oh, you did not hear what I just said to you. Let me tell you something. We can go back to pink carpet and we can go back to pink pews if that's what it takes for a river to run through this place. Because the nice carpet and the nice chairs and the new paint is not going to be what changes people's lives. They can come in to a place with pink carpet and pink walls and a green ceiling and if the water's moving Moving, uh, their entire life uh, will be changed. Uh, hey, come on. Uh, you better make sure uh, there's a river uh, running through uh, this place. So the water is not and the ground is barren. Jesus said it like this in Mark 8 and 36. What shall it profit a man? He gained the whole world and lose his own soul. There's not a river in here you can just take Pentecostal right out of the name of your church because there's a whole lot of pleasant places that people can go. <laughs> but there's not a lot of places that have the flow and the flow is the most important thing that you have. Elisha said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. If you'll study salt in the scripture, salt has to do with purity, purification. Uh, it's a purifier. How many of you got well water? Nobody? Nobody in Athens has well water? 
How many of you got a softener that you put salt in? All right, three of you. Why do we put that salt in there? It purifies the water. The Bible says he went forth under the springs of water. He went to the source. Point your finger at yourself. Say, I'm the source. He went to the source of the water and he cast salt therein. He put purification in the source. And he said, thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. The moment you stop allowing God to bring transformation to your life, the moment you think, well, I got the Holy Ghost, I've been baptized, that's all there is to it, now I've made it. I'm here, I'm spiritual, I'm apostolic, I have nothing else to learn. I don't have anything to put on the altar because that's the day the water slows down to a trickle. See, I've been in this thing almost my entire life except for one chapter when I was backslidden. But do you know what that backslidden chapter taught me? That there is not one morning that I don't need to run to an altar of prayer and say, God, cast the salt therein. Every thought, every motive, every agenda, every attitude, every emotion, every narrative, every word that I speak, everything that I do, God, I need you to purify the source of the water. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. Mm. See, our world wants you to believe that as long as you got your situation right, right house, right job, right spouse, got your money right, right friends, that somehow that'll make you right. But you hear me today. Pleasantness is not an agent of change. If you orchestrate everything in your life the way you want it, it still won't save you and it will not satisfy you. Oh, Vinny, we're doing all right. We got good jobs and money in the bank. We attend church every Sunday morning. <laughs> Friend, that's a good start. <laughs> but that's all that is, is a good start. Man, I'm telling I feel a pressure in the Holy Ghost today. I feel like God is just allowing this pressure to build because he wants the roof to come off of this thing. And I'm not just talking about in this service. I'm talking about a pressure in the spirit that is building in this church. Let me tell you something. If you've been feeling unsettled, if you've been feeling pressured, if you've been feeling like, man, I'm not sure if I fit in here, 
here. There, there's things here I, I think people are judging me about. And I, I think there are things here that, that people are looking at my life and they're, they're wondering what's going on. Let me tell you something. That conversation has not happened. If you are thinking those thoughts, that is the Holy Ghost saying, hey, I want to put a little salt in the source of water because I need that living water to move in your life. That is God trying to bring you into agreement with his word, with his will, and with his purpose. You can build a picture-perfect life, but if it doesn't have a river of life in the middle of it, then it's time to move to the riverside. I know I'm going long. My wife will be here tonight, so don't worry. I won't be able to go long tonight. We live, we're trying to move to Ironton. Right now, we live in New Albany, Ohio. It's one of the most affluent neighborhoods in Ohio. We live with the one percenters. We don't have a bank account that says we're part of the one percenters. But we live in the same area that they live. A man by the name of Les Wexter lives across from us in a $50 million mansion. We see his helicopter go in and out of that place a couple times a week. When my kids go to school, they're in line with Range Rovers, Rolls Royces, Lamborghinis, Bentleys. And I wash my 2012 Acura before I get there. Hoping to blend in, just trying to blend. Don't mind my, don't mind my cloudy headlights giving me away. Uh, we've lived there for seven years. I've lived there long enough to see that some of the most affluent people, their money did not protect them from divorce. There are murders that have happened in New Albany because families have fallen apart and gone crazy. I've watched kids be on the news that committed suicide, that were strung out on drugs. Why? Everything on the outside was pleasant. You would have thought that they had everything they would ever need to be happy, but they would have traded it all for the river that runs through this building, that runs in your life every single day. Friend of mine, some of you need to stand up and get back to the riverside today. If you're wondering where it went wrong, why do I feel the way I feel? You gotta return to the river. Uh, Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Uh, Pleasantness is where sin ensnares us and deceives us. Uh, the Bible says that there was healing in the water. That word healed in verse 21 of 2 Kings chapter 2 in the Hebrew is Rapha. It means heal. 
It is the same word used for healing in Exodus 15 and 26 where the scripture says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I think sometimes we talk about this Holy Ghost, this living water in the abstract. Mm. But that spirit inside of you is not an abstract and it's not a thing. It's God Almighty. It is Jehovah Rapha that healeth you. And every time you lift your hands and open your mouth and allow that river to begin to flow through your lips and into the atmosphere where you are, the Lord that healeth thee is immediately released into your thoughts, into your emotions, and into that atmosphere atmosphere and immediately healing begins to take place. It's not just a thing, it's a who. That is God inside of you and we need to release that river everywhere we go. I don't want... Hallelujah. Got about a half a cup of water here. I could just nurse that the next few days and I could get by till midweek. Or I could allow that thing to be filled full and overflowing where it does not just satisfy me. You know what happens when you let that river flow? See, we've got such a self-centered mindset Pastor, I've had a rough week. Fill my cup. Never mind what you went through. Never mind what you faced. Brother Brooks, it's youth night and we expect you to deliver. Doesn't matter what you're going through. I got an empty cup and you better put some water in it. Brother Kidwell, I'm not thinking about what battles you're facing with your family on the front line of your life. When you get up there, I expect you to put water in my cup. What would happen? What would happen if this church walked into this place on Sunday mornings on midweeks at prayer meeting not with an empty cup but with an overflowing river I'll tell you what would happen if he came in needing a little strength your river would get on him if brother Brooks came in a little depleted that living water would minister to him if he came in a little dry that response of faith would begin to renew his strength see that river is not just for me it's for everybody around me that's why I danced in the altar today I did not dance because I felt like it I didn't dance because I had the strength to as a matter of fact I was dancing and I thought man how am I going to have strength to preach 
I danced because I knew if I'll begin to move, that living water inside of me will begin to flow. And the weariness that I'm experiencing will begin to dissipate. And that faith that I need will begin to rise. And expectation will begin to stir. And it'll get on somebody around me. And it'll get on somebody around them. And pretty soon, that river of living water will flow through this place. Come on, would you stand to your feet? Any hunters in the building here today? Anybody here hunt? Nobody? Oh, y'all, y'all all wanted to raise your hand on that one. Nobody's got well water, but everybody's a hunter. Okay. Has anybody ever been lost in the woods before? All right, we're getting a little more honest the further we get in the day. You've ever been lost? scary, can be a scary feeling. I've been lost in the woods before with a dead cell phone battery. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, I know there's grizzlies in Ohio. (laughs) United States Forest Service advises that if you are lost, find a flow of water and follow it. Our government can't figure anything out, but it got this right. It says, and I'm quoting from their website, because water leads you to a place where life dwells. It leads to towns, cities, and villages. And friend, it's no different in the kingdom of God. His word instructs us to walk in the spirit. I'll say it like this. His word tells us to follow the river. This is why the Bible tells us where he wants us to end up. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22 beginning with verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place. Don't talk to me about how messed up our world is if your river's not flowing. Don't talk to me about the White House or the courthouse or anything else going on in our world if the river's not flowing. Because it was also in Ezekiel that the Lord gave him a vision of a river flowing from this altar out over the threshold of the door. 
I'm telling you right now, friend, when people drive by this place, there ought to be a high water sign out in front of your building warning people, if you drive by here, you better be careful because you might be delivered just driving by. You might receive the Holy Ghost just driving by. You might experience the presence of God if you get near that place because the closer you get, the deeper that river is. Come on, I believe that in this county there are rivers to swim in, that God wants to do a work in this place, in this territory that is greater than anything we have ever seen before. And it starts right here. It's for the healing of the nation. When I was asking God for direction for this service, the Lord told me, He said, I want to bring healing in that place today. Let me tell you something. There is healing here today for every type of situation that you could possibly imagine. Am I telling you your situation is going to be different tomorrow? It may not be, but you'll be different tomorrow and you'll feel a strength tomorrow that you did not feel today. Your situation may change or it may not change, but if you come and plant yourself by the river, there is a guarantee you will change and you will have the strength to face whatever situation you are going through today. If I'm preaching to you today, if I'm preaching to you today and you know God, I need to change my vantage point. I've been in a, I've been in a place where my perspective has been weariness, hopelessness, spiritual fatigue, mental torment, lack of peace. That's where my perspective has been, God. Then you need to get down here to the river. You need to return to the bank of a river that is alive, that is moving, that is multiplying, that is healing, that is restoring, and that is reviving here today. Come on, if you got a track record of being pushed around by the storms of life, come on, if you got a history of instability and you know, hey, I'm only happy if my circumstances are right and I'm only doing okay if my situation is perfect and I'm only strong if I'm in a condition of pleasantness, I'm preaching to you because God is saying, plant yourself by this river. Don't come and take a dip don't come and take a cup but plant yourself here where your root system can be strengthened by a river of healing water and the next time that storm comes the next time that challenge comes the next time you face an obstacle you're going to feel a strength that you did not feel before because your root system will be in the river 
Come on, let that flow. Let that flow. Come on, you ought to speak in tongues so loud that you can't hear the person next to you. You ought to let your voice be released into this atmosphere like a mighty rushing river. Oh, come on. Take the hand of somebody next to you. Pray with somebody next to you. And let strength and hurt begin to flow. Let healing begin to flow.